0: Praise the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Holy Father, I come this night in the name of Jesus. Father, we know that the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit is our teacher. Father, we know that He is the Spirit of truth. Father, we know that Your Word is Spirit and it's truth and it's life. Father, we ask this night that the light of your gospel would shine unto our hearts, that we may see the truths of your word, that you would enlighten our hearts to spiritual knowledge, that we may see the truths that you'd have us see. Father, this night, we determine in our heart that we'll see it. We determine in our heart that we'll act upon it. We determine that we'll receive nothing but exactly what you'd have us see. And Father, we'll give you all the honor, all the praise, in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Well, on Wednesday nights, we're going to be looking at the testimonies of healings in Jesus' ministry. The testimonies of healings uh, uh, in the Gospels under Jesus' ministry. When we read through these Gospels and begin to study on these Gospels, always remember one thing. Jesus Christ did not minister as the Son of God. He did not minister as the Son of God. He ministered as a prophet under the Abrahamic covenant. He ministered just exactly like Elijah would uh, operate. He ministered exactly like Elisha operated. He uh, ministered just like Isaiah operated. He came as a prophet under the... This is how he ministered. Now in his ministry, you understand what I'm saying in his ministry? In his preaching ministry you know he'd go about teaching and preaching and healing. That's his ministry. Now when he went to the cross, he went to the cross as the son of man our representative and the son of God. Now that's a different thing. Now we're not, I'm not talking about his, his redemptive work. I'm talking about in his earthly ministry. You understand what I'm saying? His earthly ministry. You know Luke He calls Himself a prophet. And then Luke 4.18 said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for He hath anointed me. See, the Son of God didn't need any anointing. How many of you know that? The Son of God needs no anointing. He did not operate as the Son of God at ministering that way. That's why He can be your example because you can minister that way too. See, you understand where I'm coming from. Acts 10, 38 said, How God anointed Jesus, not Jesus Christ, but Jesus, the man Jesus, from Nazareth. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Turn with me to Acts, the second chapter. Let me show you a verse there that'll confirm what I'm saying. Acts 2.22, Peter's sermon. Acts 2.22, Peter in his Pentecostal debut, he said, you men of Israel, hear these words, Jesus of Nazareth, a man named Jesus from Nazareth, he was a prophet said, Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs which God did by him. Which God did. God done the miracles. See, if Jesus was operating as the Son of God, he didn't need anybody to do the miracles. He would have performed them himself. Jesus Christ has always been God, folks. There ain't never been any doubt. Jesus is God. There is no difference between God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Ghost. They're one God. Do you understand that? They've always been that way. But Jesus Christ preordained and predetermined to come to this earth as a man laid his deity aside, came to this earth as a man only, operating as a prophet, under the old Abrahamic covenant, then God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. For God was with him, praise God. A man approved by God, by signs and wonders and miracles, which God did by him. Well, God will do them by you. The same thing. Can you say amen? Praise the Lord. Well, Turn with me to two openings. Luke, the 7th chapter, and Matthew, the 8th chapter. Luke 7 and Matthew 8. I know when I, when I first discovered that Jesus was not operating as the Son of God is the most startling revelation that i ever seen in the Bible. Never heard it. (laughs) What is this? This can't be right. See, I was always taught that Jesus went around everywhere he went, he had a halo around his head. I was brought up. I thought I believed that. You know, I never, you know, I'd see it in pictures. I didn't read it in the Bible, but I, I I had that in the back of my mind. It was something. Everybody ought to knew he was the Son of God. He had that halo around his head. You know, I thought he walked around with that. What it was. Whoever drew that picture recognized the anointing and saw and that stuff coming out of him. He saw it all over him. He could have put it around his foot, his head, hands everywhere else. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Tonight we're going to look at the healings of the centurion's servant and Jairus' little child. Now how many of you believe tonight, you don't have to raise your hand, that you know much as the centurion did? How many of you believe you knew much as Jairus knew? Huh? Jairus got his little child raised from the dead. The centurion got his servant healed. I think a lot of times people need to start back over from zero and say, well, what I know I must not know because it's not working for me that I need to go back over and start right here what the Word of God says and see what they're doing and go from that point. Do you understand where I'm coming from? Praise the Lord. Praise God. So we're going to look at the healings of the centurion servant and Iris' little girl. In these two cases, someone else's faith other than the sick person was involved. Someone else's faith was involved. You know, like the one with this, your buddy, he said, Daughter, your faith made you whole. You know, he told the blind man, According to your faith, be it unto you. But in these cases, someone else's faith is involved in the healing, other than the sick person or the person that was dead. How many of you ever seen many dead folks with much faith? They couldn't help theirself. All right, let's start with. Luke's account of of, uh, the centurion first. Luke 7 1. Said, Now when he had ended all these sayings in the audience of the people, he entered into Capernaum and a certain centurion's servant who was dear unto him. You need to underline that was dear unto him. He was sick and ready to die. And when he heard of Jesus, he sent unto him the elders of the Jews, beseeching him that he would come and heal his servant. And when they had come to Jesus, they besought him, instantly saying that he was worthy for for whom he he should do this, for he loved our nation, and he had built us a synagogue, a big tither. And then Jesus went with them, and when he was now not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to him, saying unto him, Lord, trouble not thyself, for I am not worthy. They said he is worthy. He said, I am not worthy that thou should enter into my under my roof. Wherefore neither thought I myself worthy to come unto thee. But say in a word, and my servant shall be healed. Just say in a word, he said. Just say a word. Just one little word will do. For I am a man set under authority, having unto me soldiers, and I say unto one go and he goeth, and unto another come and he cometh, and to my servant do this, and he doeth it. And when Jesus heard these sayings, he marveled at him and turned him about, and said unto the people that followed him, I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. And they that were sent returned to the house and found the servant whole that had been sick. Now turn with me to Matthew 8. Starting in the fifth verse. And when Jesus had entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion beseeching him and saying, Lord, my servant, Life at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus said, I will come and heal him. He said, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that thou should come under my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. For I'm a man under authority, having soldiers unto me, and I say unto this man, Go. And he goeth. To another man come and he cometh, and to my servant do this, and he doeth it. And when Jesus heard it, he marveled. He marveled and said to them that followed, Very, very I say unto you, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. And I say unto you that many shall come from the east and the west and shall sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the children of the kingdom shall be cast out into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. What does he mean by that? And the children of the kingdom shall be cast out. In the outer darkness there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And Jesus said unto the centurion, Go thy way, and as thou hast believed, so be it done unto you. In these two accounts, Matthew's account and Luke's account, we see the centurion coming or sending for Jesus. First of all, that's an act of his faith right there. He sent for the healing one. He beseeched the healing one. He came, he said, he acted. Praise be unto God. He came to see. You know, see, a lot of times people want healing, but they think, well, if the Lord comes by me, come by me, Lord, come by me, something like that. I'm telling you, these folks, every single case that I've read, they came seeking something. They had a burning desire. Look, my servant lies at home grievously tormented with a palsy, praise God. He's sick and I love him. He said he's a beloved. You know, this old boy must have been a mighty fine fellow. He loved his servant. I mean, he wasn't no hard taskmaster. I mean, they had a relationship there together. I mean, he loved that old boy, and that servant loved him. And when he got sick, man, it was sick to him. I'm going to go do something, whatever it takes, I'm going to get it. Amen. Do you understand what I mean? Cotton Facts translates that. Said he was. Uh uh. The servant was dear to him. Cotton Patch translates said, he, he loved him very much. He loved him very much. That's pretty good. He loved that, o- that old boy. That old boy might have been working for him. Maybe he was his servant. Maybe he was just paying him wages. I don't know the situation, but he loved him. He loved him. Praise God. Praise God. That tells me something about that, that old boy right quick. Huh? He wanted to help, didn't he? He was a kind man. He was a kind man. Praise the Lord. Uh, this centurion came for his servant. His servant, life at the point of death, his servant couldn't help himself. His servant couldn't help himself. Uh, they'd have brought him. He, his servant couldn't help himself. He was on his deathbed, we say. Uh, this centurion, we know... Although he may be a Roman centurion, we know he believed in the great God Jehovah. He built him a synagogue, didn't he? He built him a church over there. Great tither given into the work of the Almighty God. So we know that he believed. We know that. We know that, that he was a believer in the God of Israel. Uh, this centurion, he didn't think he he's some kind of special something because he's the head tither over at the church either, did he? See, the Jews said, oh, you ought to help him because he built us a church. He said, I'm not worthy. Come onto my roof, just speak the word only. I ain't no hot shot. I'm just giving in to the work of God. He was a kind fellow. Can you see what kind of fellow this was? He didn't think he was something special. I mean, loved his servant. I mean, if he had to go carry him to Mayo Clinic or halfway around the world, I'll do whatever it takes to get my servant here. I love this old boy. Man, I've had some folks work for me and I love good as I love my own people. I had an old man work for me one time named Sullivan Ford. And i tell you what, I loved him good as I loved any of my folks. I mean, I loved that old gentleman. I'm telling you. He was special to me. I mean, he'd been with me since I was a young man. I mean, everywhere I go, everywhere I went, Red was with me. He was with me everywhere I went. Come time for him to die. The Lord told me one morning, I was, I, I was on my knees praying about 4.30 one morning, he said, Red's fixed to go, come on home and be with me. And I went and told him. He got everything right, everything right with the Lord, everything, went and paid his bills off, didn't owe anybody anything, and one morning he just got up and went on and be with the Lord. Just went on and be with the Lord. Praise God, praise God. I'd prayed with him, he'd done got saved, full of the Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord. Didn't have a chance. Didn't have a chance to go to school. Raised. You know how f- folks out in the country was raised. Didn't have a chance, you know, to go to school and learn anything. If he'd had a chance to go to school, he would have been as smart as anybody ever said. He, he, he said, I'd went to the fourth blue book. You know, he'd got in, you know, fourth reader. You know, I don't know what that meant, but he could beat me spelling. My wife don't think that's much, but, uh, you know, I, she don't think I can spell all that much anyway. But he could beat me. He had a, They taught him something. I don't know. They taught him how to spell and he'd break it down in syllables and he'd spell anything. It always amazed me. I'd sit around and ask him words, you know, spell this from Red, and he'd break it down. <laughs> just the simplest thing in the world. I mean, we just had a fine time. I mean, I'd, I'd have a barbecue or something. Red was there. Uh, whatever I'd done, Red was there. Everything that I'd done, he was precious to me. And I know the feeling of this centurion about that servant. Red might have worked for me, but he was more than a worker. He was something special to me. Do you understand what I'm talking about? That's, that's the kind of desire that a person's going to have to have. He's going to have to say, I'm going to get this child's healing at all cost. I'm going to get my husband, my, 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 my servant, this man I'm working for, I'm going to get his healing at all costs. I love this old boy. He's dead to me. And I'm going to receive it. Praise God. That's the kind of thing that this boy had. See, I know a lot of times, you know, in the, that teach faith and believe in God. They say, well, I believe I receive. Now it's up to God, the, the, the rest of it. I believe I receive, and that's the end of it. I of mean, you know, sometimes a little more to it than that. Huh? Well, I believe I received. Now it's up to God. He's going to do the rest. Uh, uh, how come He ain't done it yet then? Huh? See, it's some burning desires. God looks at the heart and He, he sees some burning desires. And it's something about a man's desire and a hunger and a want in a man's heart out of his spirit that will cause the hand of God to move, Folks. Praise the Lord. So this centurion didn't think he was something high and deserving. You know, come heal my servant. I deserved. It. He deserves to be healed. I'm a big tither over here. All right, Matthew 8, the 7th verse. Look at the 7th verse there. Jesus said unto him, what did he say? I will. You need to underline that. Underline it. I will. I will come and heal him. There's never been a case in the Bible yet where Jesus said, I won't. Someone said, well, that's a matter, you know, healing is a, a, a theological matter and some believe in it and some don't. Well, I'm going to tell you what, Jesus believed in it. Jesus believed in it. He said, I will. I will heal him, praise God. I will heal him. I will, he said. He didn't say, well, now look, you're outside the covenant and you know you're a Roman soldier and I will say only the Jews. No, this man's faith moved the hand of God. It does not matter who it is. If faith's involved, you'll see the hand of God move. Oh, yeah, yeah. Jesus said, I will. I will. I will come and heal him. eighth verse sent to said, Lord, I'm not worthy. You should come under my roof, but speak the word only. My servant shall be healed. Oh, hallelujah. Cotton Patch said, just give the order and my boy will be cured. Praise God. Hallelujah. Just give the order. Just give it. Praise God. He said, I'm a man under authority. I know something about authority. This this fellow said, I know... How many of you do not believe? Now you listen to me. How many of you do you believe? How many of you do not believe that Jesus Christ has authority over sickness and disease? How many of you believe He has authority? How many of you know that this Word of the living God that I hold in my hand right here will do exactly the same thing that it did when Jesus spoke it out His mouth? It'll do the same thing. Speak the Word only. Well, he's already spoke the word, folks. He spoke the word. He spoke the word. Praise the Lord. He said, "Jesus marvel." Tenth verse. Jesus heard this old boy making that kind of statement. Said, "Just speak the word on, him. man." He marvelled. He marvelled. <laughs> he marvelled. That word "marvel" was a verb. One translation said it shocked Jesus. It has shocked him. This old boy Roman sent there and said, Just speak the word only and my servant shall be Man, it shocked him. He said, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. Man, he'd been looking for it everywhere. He'd been looking for faith everywhere. Where can I find someone? Where can I find someone and believe the Word of God? The preachers don't even believe it. The elders don't believe it. The Pharisees said, see, none of them believe it. Bless God, I have not found so great a faith, no, not in Israel. Bless God, hallelujah. Speak the Word only, and my servant shall be healed. Hallelujah. Woo! Said it shocked him. Woo! I would see him just trying to jump back and look at here. Look at here what I got me. Woo! I got one red hot here. We're going to get something going. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. He might have built a synagogue, but bless God, I don't believe he's been attending. <laughs> praise the Lord. Tenth verse said, he marveled. said, verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith. No, not in Israel. Jesus said, had great faith. Great faith. Cotton Patch said, never have I found such faith. Not even among the good saved church folk. <laughs> now I know they weren't church folks like we were. You know, I know that. I guess. He said, never have I found such faith, not even among the good, saved church folk, and found so great a faith. Man, here's an old boy that ain't even belonging to our church. He can't even belong to it. I mean, he's outside. I mean, mean, he can help build it, but he can't come in. He's got great faith. I ain't seen none of these church folks in his class. Well, what what made him have such great faith? Because he believed in Jesus' authority over sickness and disease and believed in Jesus' word. He believed that Jesus had authority over sickness disease and that if Jesus spoke the word, that his word would settle the issue right there. You know, I wished I'd see some Christians rise up and say, no matter what it is, I believe the word of the living God. That's all I want. Just speak the word only. Father, I don't want nothing else. Just show it to me in your word. Whether revelation, knowledge comes, what comes, if I see it in, in right writing right there, bless God, that's mine. Hallelujah. I'll stand on it till hell freezes over. Praise the Lord. Well, let's read that 11th verse. See if we can make some kind of little comment on it. And I say unto you that many shall come from the east and the west and shall sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. 12th verse. But the children of the kingdom shall be cast into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now, this is what, what he's talking about. Cotton Patch, but said, the saved people will be dumped out in the black night where there'll be moaning and a groaning and a wringing of hands. Now, the, this, the, this Roman centurion, he's outside the church. He's outside the Judaizing religion. He's outside this but those inside here said so they're going to be dumped out. They're going to be out there moaning and groaning and wringing their hands. How come I can't get my healing? How come my child can't get it? How come my servant can't be healed? How come of this? How come of that? Hey, read it. But this fellow had great faith and he said, Speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. Jesus said, That's great stuff, folks. So That's great stuff. That the children has heard all this stuff, then they'll be out in the darkness trying to get it. And blessed be God, those from the outside will be un- done received it. Have you ever noticed how an old boy come in, ain't, ain't never heard nothing. Hears something preached, bless God, and just walk down front and get his healing. You ever seen him? I've seen him many times. Many times. 13th verse. You want to comment on that 11th 12th one anymore? y'all get it? Then Jesus said unto the centurion, Go thy way, and as thou hast what? As thou hast believed, so be it done unto thee. As thou hast believed. Cotton Patch said it'll turn out for you just like you believed it would. Say, it's going to turn out for you just like you believed it would. For you believe, said, speak the word all and my servant will be healed. People, I'm telling you right now, there needs to come a burning fire in someone's heart and say, blessed be God. I don't care what it looks like. I'm going with God's Word. Hallelujah. I don't care what it seems like. I care not. I'm going with God's Word. I'm telling you right now, God will step over a million people to get the one old boy that will believe His Word. Are you listening to me? I mean, he'll step over a whole nation to get the one old boy in the outback uh, in in Australia that'll just believe his word. Well, hallelujah. The centurion was able to get his beloved servant help. His beloved servant was healed. There's rejoicing the house. Oh, hallelujah. Healing was restored to someone that was loved. Greatly beloved. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, let's look at Jairus' little daughter right quick. Uh, you might write these scriptures down. Matthew 9th chapter 18 through 25. And Mark, the 5th chapter. We'll just start there and. the in the fifth chapter of Mark, twenty-first verse, we'll just, we'll just read Mark's account and Luke's account of this thing of Jairus. Five twenty-one. Mark said, "When Jesus was passed over again by ship unto the other side, many people gathered unto him, and he was nigh unto the sea. And behold, there cometh one of the rulers." rulers of the synagogue Jairus by name and when he saw him he fell at his feet and besought him greatly saying my little little daughter life at the point of death she's in the throes of death right now I pray thee come and lay thy hands on her that she may be healed and she shall live and Jesus went with him and much people followed him and thronged him then we pick up the story of the woman with the issue of blood she enters in on the scene they pick this back up in the 35th verse. 35 said, While he yet spake, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house certain which said, Thy daughter is dead, why trouble the master any further? Now there could be no worse news than they just received. There could be nothing else that would throw fear in the heart of any man, any woman, that one of their children was dead. There could be no greater fear than that. 36 verse, it said, And soon as Jesus heard the words that were spoken, he said unto the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid, only believe. And he suffered no man to follow him, save Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and he cometh to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, and seeth the tumult And them that wept and wailed greatly, and when he was come into the come in, he said unto them, Why makest thee ye this ado, and weep? The damsel's not dead but asleep. And they laughed him to scorn. When he had put them all out, he took the father and the mother of the damsel, and then and them that were with him entered in where the damsel was lying, and he took the damsel by the hand and said unto her, Talakai kumai, which is being interpreted, Damsel, I say unto thee, Arise. And straightway the damsel arose and walked, and she was of the age of twelve years. And they were astonished, with great astonishment. And he charged them, he charged them straightly, that they should tell no man, and commanded them they should not, that that they commanded that, something be given her to eat. Praise the Lord. Now turn with me to the 8th chapter of the book of Luke. The 8th chapter of the book of Luke. 40th verse. It said, It came to pass that when Jesus was returned the people gladly received him, for they were all waiting for him. And behold, there came a man named Jairus, and he was the ruler of the synagogue, and he fell down at Jesus' feet and besought him that he would come into his house, for he had one only daughter about twelve years of age, and she lay a dying. But as he went, the people thronged him, and then we enter in with a woman with issue of blood, and there was a woman, issue of blood, 43, and picks back up in the 49th verse. He said, While he yet spake, there come one of the rulers of the synagogue's house, saying to him, The daughter, thy daughter is dead, trouble not the master. Thy daughter is dead. 50th verse. But when Jesus heard it, he answered him, saying, Fear not, believe only, and she shall be made whole. And when he came into the house, he suffered no man to go in, save Peter, James, and John, and the father and the mother of the maiden. And all wept and bewailed her, but he said, Weep not, she's not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn, knowing that she was dead. And he put them all out and took her by the hand and called, saying, Maiden, arise. And her spirit came again. And she rose straightway, and he commanded to give her meat. And her parents were astonished. But he charged them that they should tell no man uh, what was done. Praise be unto God. First of all, when Jairus... Now, now, Now see, you've got to understand something here. If you're going to get something to happen in your life like Iris or this centurion, then you're going to have to operate just like they... These are guidelines. These are specific cases in the Bible whereby, you know, Jesus must have healed thousands and thousands of people, but only 19 specific cases are written down. The reason is... These cases cover a certain situation. And if you've got a situation, anything like this, then you can get the same results. Praise God. Amen? All right, the first thing that Jairus did, it said the ruler of synagogue said he came, didn't he? He came. See, a lot of times people say, well, would you go over and visit Uncle Ned? He needs healing. Well, Uncle Ned may not want you over there. You know that? Well, would you go see Aunt Ah, uh, She's down in her get along. Would you go see if you can get her up? Well, what does she want? Huh? She may not want you over there talking to her. She may not believe in healing. Uh, you know, didn't seem like many over there in Israel believed in it. You know, folks have called me and said, Brother Solomon, would you go see such and such? I said, "Why? I sure will have them to call me. Why, I sure will. Never hear a word out of them. Say, how come? Because they don't want to hear that. How many of you know not a lot of people believe the Word of God? And bring it on home closer, it's going to be children in the kingdoms going to be cast into outer darkness out there. They're going to be gnashing their teeth and bumping their gums and wringing their hands and saying, oh Lord, how come I didn't get this? How come I, if this healing was for all of us, how come I didn't get it? And here's this old heathen, why an old un got it? And I believe all that swell up and get mad about it. All right. First of all, J. Was, he came. He came. That was an act of faith. Amen. The second thing that he did, it said he fell at Jesus' feet. He fell at Jesus' feet. This recognizing Jesus had authority and the ability to help that little child. He fell at Jesus' feet. You know, a lot of times people need to humble themselves before the hand of God. You know what I'm saying? Well, I'll tell you what, my faith, I've got my faith here and my faith here, and I know all about this faith stuff, and i got everything working. Well, it's working so good, how come it ain't working the way it's supposed to? You know, if it's working like it's supposed to, you don't need it fixed. But if it ain't working just like the Word of God says, someone needs to change something. Amen? I said amen? he said he came and fell at his feet. He came and fell down at his feet recognizing Jesus' authority. It said he was a ruler of the synagogue, the president of the synagogue. He put his career on the line. I mean, he put everything... His financial situation, his reputation, his job, everything, everything the synagogue people, the uh, and the rulers of the synagogue, all of them preached against everything that Jesus Christ preached. Now they they talked to people against him. Now this ruler puts everything on the line, those falls at Jesus' feet. Are you listening to me? I know a lot of folks, you know. Afraid, you know, afraid to even go to some churches because... Uh, 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 I, I, I remember when I was a kid, it was a disgrace to go to Pentecost churches. Do you know that? I can remember, Ms. Jesse when it was a disgrace to go to the Nazarene church. Can you remember that? Them folks over there, they're peculiar. Them folks ain't like other people, they're different. I can remember that as a kid. Now some things ain't a disgrace. I think Jesus Christ is the dividing line between the world and and God. Myself, I believe He's the dividing line of eternity, and I believe that where a man serves the Lord, he's going to have to make some decisions, and a lot of those decisions aren't going to be uh, uh, popular with the world or with churches or anything else. All right, He came, He put His career on the line. Don't you know that that all his colleagues, if they'd have found out about this, and they did, and they did. See, it's one thing about it. Uh, Everybody can gripe, but can't nobody say anything about a miracle. You can talk all you want to, but when it comes right after it, just like Jesus one day, he was preaching to them, and he, he, he said... Told him, said, you're of your father the devil. They said, we ain't never had but one father. Our father's Abraham. He said, before Abraham was, I am. He told them, said, oh, you're looking at your great God, I am. And they reached down to pick up stones. And they was going to start him and said, he turned. And as he walked by, there was a man blind from his mother's womb. And he healed him. And I tell you what, the stones fell out of the hand. I mean, it stopped it all right there. One miracle's worth 10 million gripes. <laughs> <laughs> Amen? Amen? Praise the Lord. I oh, already said Jairus came, fell at his feet. Now Jairus done something else. He made a statement. He said, Come lay your hands on my little daughter that she may be healed and she shall live. You know what Jesus did read the account. He never said a word. Woo, he just turned and followed. I got me a nudge I got a new believing. Woo! Look at him. Woo! Hallelujah. We got us another miracle on the way. We got one on the way. Come lay your hands on the little daughter. She'll live and not die. Praise God and be healed. Man, that statement of faith just Jesus didn't say nothing, it's just like you had him on a string. Man, he just followed it right on down, right on over there. Here you go. Amen. I mean, he didn't even say, "Well, now where you live?" Now you, uh, you know, you that old dude that's been preaching over at synagogue, talking about me. He didn't bring none of that up, man. He's done made a statement of faith. How I many you know? God likes them statements of faith. Praise the Lord. You still in Luke? Look in uh, Luke, the 49th ninth verse, eight forty nine said, while he yet spake, there come one of the rulers of the synagogue's house, saying to him, thy daughter's dead, trouble not the master. Trouble not the master. It's over. She's dead. Now, I'm going to tell you something, folks. When one of your children's lying there with a hundred and five fever, that's a little harder than, than you with a hundred and five. Now, we're talking about a man and his daughter. How many of you know little daughters love their daddies better than, you know that? I mean, they kind of special to the, to the daddy. They special folks there. Man, my little daughter's lying, lying, dying there. And then, then, then one of his, uh, uh, servants comes and said, trouble the master no longer. Your daughter's dead. Oh Lord. Don't you know the feeling in the pit of his stomach? The blood rushed out of his face. There's an empty feeling in his stomach. My God, my God, he wanted to burst out crying. He wanted, man, he wanted, Jesus said, fear not, only believe, and you'll see your little daughter whole. Praise God. Fear not. Don't let fear come into this thing. See, people, I'm telling you right now, you think, well, is Jesus walking along? Everything is fine. They just, you know, well, whatever. Don't, no matter what the report is. Let me tell you something. I don't care who you are. If you're walking along and the Holy Ghost is on you and you've got two piles of, of goosebumps on you and they're a foot thick, blessed be God. Someone say your little daughter's dead. I don't care who it is. The bottom of your stomach will fall out and fear will come up on you and it'll grip you. Are you listening to me? Don't think it's just some kind of easy thing because Jesus walked along there with him. People get the idea well, if Jesus was, you know, if I was in Jesus, day, it'd be easy for me to get my healing. It wouldn't be no easier than it is right now. Be no easier, no difference. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He hadn't changed. Amen. All right, look in the 50th verse there. He said, but when Jesus heard it, said, your little daughter's dead. He answered, said, fear not, fear not. What does he mean? If fear comes in, faith leaves. When fear grips you, you're not going to believe anything. If you get afraid... You know, when I was in the world before I met Jesus we had a saying oh they might kill me but they can't eat me are you listening to me they say so all the time Well, I don't care well, let, let it, whatever comes up that's alright they may kill me but they can't eat me look if someone would take that kind of attitude in Christianity and say blessed be God I don't care what comes to me I don't care whether it looks like the whole world blow gone God, blessed be God they can't eat me because I'm with Jesus praise God I mean, have some guts about this thing. Hallelujah. Man, Joe was coming along. Man, he he put everything he had on the line. He put it all out there. I know people, I know people. You know, I watch. See, I'm I'm watching all the time. Some of you may not know it. You may think I'm just studying, just easing through and just going on. I'm watching all the time. I'm looking at folks. I'm reading them. I'm seeing where they're coming from. I've watched people that needed help in healing or other things. Say they, they weren't doing good financially. First time you start preaching on prosperity, somehow they don't never make it to those meetings. You go to teaching on healing. And people that really need it, somehow they just don't never show up. You ever figure that out? I know who the enemy is. See? I know who the enemy is. If I heard about someone teaching something about healing and I didn't know and I was sick, I was going to be there. I'm going to be there when the morning comes, folks. I'll be right there. Let me tell you something. When I got into this full gospel movement, this old boy went around named Jay Blevins and the first time I heard him preach, I thought it was the Apostle Paul. I followed him from who to thought it. I went everywhere. I've seen a time that he'd have a meeting. It wouldn't be but two or three people show up in the town he's in and we'd have 15 come. Man, I was gonna be there. I'd go to anywhere. I don't care. Went to a little town one time. Had a meeting in a in a mortuary, wasn't it? Was he a mortician? The preacher was a mortician. I mean, his people come in at the same time I did. Man had the opportunity. They could have followed the old boy around and got a hold of what he had, but somehow they didn't. This seem to make it. Are you listening to me? How many of you know you can do what you want to do? If you want to go to church, you can. If you want to be faithful, you can. You can do whatever you want to. If you want to jump up and marry the first little thing that comes along, you can. You know, a lot of people... Say well, oh, brother, son, how come, uh, how come you ain't never come over my house and talk to me? How come you? Because if the Holy Ghost can't talk to you, it ain't no use to me saying nothing. If you ain't gonna listen to God, you sure ain't gonna listen to me. I got that much sense, huh? I got that much sense. You believe that? Well, uh, you know, I think the pastor ought to visit. You do. What do you want to do with him? You on this? What do you want to visit with him? Play merry-go-round with him or something? Peter, Paul, and Moses? Playing ring around the roses? I don't, you know, I ain't got time for that. Hadn't you rather me stay in the Word of God and find out some of these truths we're talking about and put them out here where we can get a hold to Almighty God? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Instead of wagging someone's hand and patting them on the back every two minutes. Well, you might as well say amen because that's the way I'm going to do it anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus said, fear not, believe only and she'll be made whole. Fear not, fear not. That's a big order, wasn't it? Your daughter's dead, fear not what would you do if someone said your your wife's dead your wife's dead someone come along preacher come along said fear not only believe preacher you better get out of my face at this time being (laughs) here I am bereaved (laughs) are you listening to me you see, see, people have a funny idea. Think you just an easy thing. Jesus says, come along. Here come with the magic wand. Here, take a dose of healing. Here you have some. I like you. You're a cute. They have a dose. No, he didn't do that. It wasn't quite as easy as folks, you know, thought. 51st verse. He said, when he came into the house, he suffered no man to go with him save Peter, James, and John, and the father and mother of the maiden. He didn't let anybody go into the house with him. 52nd verse. And all wept and bewailed, but he said, weep not. She's not dead, but sleepeth. Jesus treated her just like she is asleep. He didn't even treat her like she's dead. You say, well, Jesus, don't you know she is dead? Yeah, Jesus knew she is dead. He said, she's sleeping. He said, I'm going to treat her just like she's sleeping. I'm going to treat her just like... He done the same thing with Lazarus. Done the same thing. Said, I'm just going to wake him up. Said, I'm going to treat him just like he's sleeping. I'm going to treat her just like she's sleeping. This ain't no big deal. Praise God. 53rd verse there. Look at that. He said, and they laughed him to scorn. Said, she's not dead. She's asleep. They laughed him to scorn. How many of you know some of this healing stuff is a joke to some folks? It's a joke. Why, wow, that fella thinks he'll lay hands on somebody and get them ill. Why, wow, man, what do you think? You know, what is he thinking he doing? Man, they sit around and laugh and tell jokes about that. Don't you know that? They think that's funny. I tell you what, it wasn't too funny when Talakai Thuma raised up and the little twelve-year-old girl was raised from the dead. Amen. <laughs> 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 Hallelujah. <laughs> 54. Fifty-four. Be quiet. <laughs> now look here. Here's something's good right here. Now, now listen at this. Fifty-fourth verse said he put them all out. He put them all out. How come he put them all out? You think you gonna get something done in the middle of a bunch of unbelievers and a, and a squalling and a bawling and a bellowing? You ain't going to get nothing And a bunch of sympathy. Jesus Christ didn't have sympathy on her. He had compassion, folks. Compassion moves from the heart. It acts in love. The love of God raises a little 12-year-old only daughter of this, ch- this man. Man, that's compassion. That's love. He ain't moved by sympathy. Poor little girl. Poor little, you know what sympathy does? Go buy him a bo- bucket of roses. See? and sang the Red River Valley or something you know but compassion moves from the heart compassion, our God's love, our God's compassion he don't want no little girl 12 years old dead, it's not his will that anyone die prematurely like that, it's not God's will there's never been a case in the Old Testament as long as they was in fellowship with God that anybody died prematurely Never. They lived out their lives. They did not get sick or was not, uh, uh, die. they didn't die prematurely uh, as long as they stayed in fellowship with Almighty God. I mean, they'd call them in, they'd be ready to die. Take their hand, put them on the uh, bend of the leg right there, and bless them. Say, Well, I'm uh, going on today. Goodbye. You know, and go on. Just draw their knees up in the bed and take off. See? Someone said, Well, you know, Brother Sullen, you've got to be sick of something to die. Who said that? You don't have to be sick to die. E.W. Kenyon, ninety-three years old, he told his daughter and, and and wife, she's seventy-three. You know, she's pretty good age. She's twenty years old, older than her, and said, uh, "Look here," said, uh, uh, "This morning, said I'm going home." They got talking. Said, "You know, reckon he's getting senile or something." He's at home now. He went on in the uh, uh, out in the gallery, there in the living room. Sit down. They come in there and say, well, I told you. I'm fixed to go on home today. Praise God. Praise God. And he took off. He took off. He took off. Are you listening to me? Smith Wigglesworth was 87. He preached an hour and a half that morning and went behind the pulpit and sat down back there and went on to be of the Lord. Never sick a day in his life. Just took off. Not a bit sick. No sickness killed. You don't have to be sick to die. When it come, You know, it takes faith to die, folks. I mean, if you're going to believe God, I'd hate to go before God and, and die sick. And him say, why didn't you get your healing? You know healing was for you. I'd hate to do that. Man, I, I, you know, I've told many people, if you want to die, you know, ain't nothing wrong with die, but get your healing first and then die. You know, get healed first. Get your healing. And then go on. If you want to go on, go on. That's all right with me. But don't die sick. Don't die sick. You glorify God in, in, in your life and in your death too. Amen. Praise the Lord. He put them all out. Put them all out of the house. Jesus took her by the hand, commanded her, said, Arise. And her spirit came again. Her spirit came again. Her spirit came. Praise God. But he done something else now. He charged them. One translation said he warned them. Another translation said he ordered them. Another one said he commanded them. What was all this warning and all this charging and and commanding? What was all it? He said, Tell no man. Don't tell nobody. Now Iris, it's a cinch. Y'all don't know nothing over at the synagogue where you're preaching. It's a cinch. You don't know nothing over there about healing and all this. It's a cinch you don't. Because if you knew anything about healing, you'd have done got your little daughter healed. It ain't no doubt about that. Now, you know, I know that. But don't you go and be telling everybody about this. They'll talk you out of this, and they'll down you and everything else. And the first thing you know, sickness come back on her, and you'll say, well, what happened now? See? He said, don't tell anybody. You understand what I mean? How many of you ever went and told somebody, man, just get a fresh revelation from God, just something burning on the inside, and you go tell somebody, and they just put the fire out? How many of you ever done that? I mean, have something fresh off the fire. I mean, just hot off the burner. Bless God, just got it in prayer, and he'd go pour it on somebody, and it just the fire goes out. Can't, you can't tell everybody something. You remember he said, Don't cast your pearls before swine. Huh? Don't put it out on everybody. Praise the Lord. It also said that uh, 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 56 verse that the parents were astonished. How many of you know it wasn't the most powerful faith in the world that got this girl raised? Huh? Well, if I had the faith of this, it wasn't too hot. I mean... She, they was astonished. I mean, they was astonished. Now they knew he could knew this, but it, when it actually happened, they was astonished. I mean, if you really believe in God, man, you believe you, you already got it happen before it happens. You already believe it already in. It's already happened. In your heart, you know without a shadow of a doubt, it's already happened before it ever happens. But this fellow got astonished. They got astonished about it. It wasn't the most powerful faith in the world, but it was faith. How come? Because he acted. And he shut his mouth, for one thing. He didn't say when he, the, little, the man from the synagogue come, said your little daughter's dead. He didn't go to hollering and squalling and bawling and hooping and hollering. Oh, what am I going to do now? What am I going to do now? You listening to me? Most Christians I know, you can punch them and they'll tell everything they know. And most of it they don't know. Are you listening to me? He kept his mouth shut. It do a lot of folks a lot of good. keep them, If you don't know something, keep your mouth shut about it devil can't th- tell what you're doing until you go to telling it. Praise the Lord. Alright, another thing about this case with Iris, his little daughter, it kept mentioning his little daughter, his little daughter, his little child. She was 12 years old. How many of you know you can stand for your children up to a certain age? Huh? You can stand for them up to a certain age, but it's going to come a time in their life, especially around word churches, where they've heard the Word of God and they're going to have to believe on their own. Are you listening now? I've had folks say, well, uh, my daughter or my son, they won't believe. The, you know, I can't get, encourage them. I can. I can encourage them. I can cut me a limb. I can encourage them. Bible said train them up in the way they should go. You mean to tell me they won't confess the Word, they won't stand on the Word? Uh-uh, you've got a job to train them. See, if you train them when they're little, when they get up teenagers, they'll stand on the Word, folks. They don't know any better. I've seen them bring little kids in here, you know, just little little old kids about like that, I, I, come out of children's church, all they know is God health. Come down here, you know, just all stove up, you know, uh, head stopped up, and you just lay hands on them, they just take off running. They thought they ill. They didn't know no better. They just took off, man. They didn't think nothing about it. They just took off this hill. Say, so was a hill? Well, of course it was a hill. power of God's It don't take much. Easy. He said that mustard seed stuff will move mountains. So we've got a right to stand for children. We've got a right to stand and believe. Now, you don't have a right. How many of you have stood in proxy for someone? Don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand because I might. How many of you ever stood in proxy? You can't stand in proxy for nobody. That ain't scriptural. I see it around Pentecostal churches all the time. This stand. well, I'm standing in for Uncle John. Pray for me through me and it's going to go some which way. I don't know what he, but I'm going to stand for. No, you can't do that. If Uncle John won't, won't believe anything, get Uncle John down here. Huh? Well, I'm uh, uh, my aunt's in the hospital in West Cohena. Pray, uh, lay your hands on me. <laughs> now, it's other ways. We pray over handkerchiefs, different things like that. But you can't pray in proxy for nobody. That's not scripture. You can pray in faith. You can stand in faith in some cases. Now, we found two cases tonight where other people's faith stood for the healing of the little girl and the servant. So, we need to use that. I mean, we back off sometimes. We in the faith movement, you know, think, well, we got to get it just right this way or just right. No, bless God, we got to get it just like the Word says. And you can stand for that old boy sometimes. It's working for you. I tell you what, the old gentleman I was talking about, Red, his leg was swollen up one time. I mean, I, bad shape. And, 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 and his wife called him and said he had to carry Red to the hospital. I went up there and prayed for him. His leg one hour, just like that while I was looking at him. Praise God. He got his belongings and went home. Are you listening to me? Well, did he know something about healing? No, he didn't know nothing about healing. But blessed be God, I knew something about healing and I knew something about the, the supernatural love of our God. Hallelujah. Well, did you get anything out of that tonight? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's don't back off of some of this stuff. Let's push on. Let's get so far off out there in some of this that if God don't meet us, we're in trouble. Huh? Praise the Lord. Stand on your feet. Praise the Lord. Well, hallelujah.